the college football experience, Colorado Buffalo's 2023 season preview episode on the sports gambling podcast networks brought to you by bird dog shorts. Dominate the summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti style tumbler. When you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. Once again, that is birddogs.com slash pool. This is Randy cross. You're listening to S G P N. Let it ride. Yes, yes, yes. Football experience, Colorado Buffaloes 2023 season preview episode. I'm excited. The song can keep playing because I'm super excited. If you've been listening for a long time, you know uh, that I'm a Colorado Buffalo fan. Grew up a Colorado Buffalo fan, so I'm excited to talk about the Buffs. And perhaps you're wondering just who the hell you're listening to. Well, my name is Colby Swinging Database Dan, aka Pick. Dundee, that's not a pick. This is a pick. He was raised in the land down under, where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists, and lives by his wits. When Dundee happened, he was a superstar. I smoke and I drink, and um, I don't have stress, and I'm healthy. I don't have stress, and I'm healthy because we coming, baby. We coming. Ah. Oh. Had a lot of stress last season, though. Had a lot of stress. We're here to talk about it. I'm ready to run wild. I'll hop on fucking Ralphie. Let's go. Let's go. And look, I mean, I feel like it's only fitting to have this guy on. He grew up in Boulder, Colorado, uh, and he is the man behind Overdue Sports. Give it up for Will Mossa. How you doing, Will? I'd appreciate you coming on the show to talk buffs, baby. Oh, I'm fantastic. It's a great day when you got to talk about the Buffalo super stuck to be stoked to be here. Uh, not much to talk about last season, but we're turning the page. It's a, it's a brand new year. We got a whole new staff and uh, a lot of roster changes. So let's uh, get right after it. Yeah. I mean, buckle up folks, because uh, you know, if you follow the rhythm of the college experience and with all our other episodes, especially the college football preview series, well uh, you know, this one might be a little bit crazy, but Will, I, I know right now, shout out, great shirt. If you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience. He's got the Prime We Common t shirt on. Let's go. And, uh, well, I mean, you grew up in Boulder. Can you tell me about the buzz in Boulder with the, with the Deion Sanders hire? It's insane right now. I've had the pleasure of being back a handful of times. I'm, I'm located up in Madison, Wisconsin right now, but I float back and forth. So I'm able to be there from time to time, seeing him show up at basketball games, the crowd just going nuts, even in irrelevant basketball games, he'd show up. You see him around town. He's changing menus at breakfast spots. He's doing the whole (laughs) nine yards. He's, he's got his thing going. He's living it up right now. And uh, hopefully it's going to result in a handful of wins. Uh, We see that win total back there. I think we can shoot for a couple more than that one. There we go. We're going to get to it. We're going to go game by game on the schedule. But I mean, this is a long time coming and I know, you know, I, I like 
first off, I grew up a Colorado Buffalo fan. I rooted against whatever my uh, oldest brother's favorite team was. Well, actually, it kind of trickled down as the years went up of me growing up. So my brother was a Notre Dame fan, my oldest brother, and uh, my first real memories of watching college football is around '89 and '90. And you know, he's a Notre Dame fan. So each week it would be on the TV when I was trying to watch cartoons or something, you know, and uh, I started hating Notre Dame and uh, I was like, well, I'm going to root for this team that beats them in the, in the championship that didn't happen the first year in 89, but in 90 it did, or yeah, wait, yeah. 90 it did. And then, uh, and then I was like, that's my team forever. Cause they, they beat Notre Dame. So every time we're in an argument, you know, you're seven years old, you can talk shit. Then you're like, yeah, I'm a Colorado fan. But then when I really started diving into college, college football, I was like, I'm following this team nonstop. And I, I mean, I got V my, you could call my mother. I got VHS tapes uh, of old Colorado Buffalo games. I got drawings that I made over Sean Salam and Cordell Stewart back in the nineties. So I'm super, super excited for the future because uh, not only am I glad we brought in Dion, I mean, I feel like it, it we needed to, but we lowered the transfer thing. Cause Colorado, I don't know what happened. We, it's like, we joined the pac 12 and said, Hey, look, we're going to be pussies and, and uh, whatever, for whatever reason, it's like, no, we're going to be uh, at, we're super academic institutions. It's like, no, like, okay. Yes, I get it. You want to be as smart as you can, but don't forget about the football program. You've built this history. You are ranked from like 1985 to 2005 every year. It's like, come on, come on. Don't just throw that away. And I feel like we, we, we finally have kind of turned back to that where we, we lowered the, the transfer before no one could get into the school. Everyone was leaving. That's what's hilarious in the off season. You're seeing, Oh, Colorado's changing the way football. Uh, <laughs> how could they send all the players gone? Well, fucking 20, I think it was 26 players got rated a year ago and we, they couldn't bring in barely anybody. So to me, it's either like you better get with the times or you're going to get lost in the dust. And I feel like this change is long overdue. How about yourself? Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. I mean, it speaks volumes that they haven't been able to bring people in for that exact reason. You, you're letting a lot of big transfers and high school kids not into the program for that exact reason. And the record of, has been pretty reflective of it. I think two seasons ago, we had a, a cornerback that was converted to QB because we were just out of options. And that's kind of what they had to run for an entire season. Granted, he didn't do horribly, but when that's what you're pitted up against and the rest of the pack 12 is just rolling you over. It shows why last year they were one in 11. Yeah. And I think it's harder for the coaches. I mean, look, I almost feel sorry for Carl Durrell because he had those obstacles. Dion did not. I, you know, uh, Mike McIntyre had those obstacles. Mel Tucker, you know, had those, well, he was going to get paid anyway, but we're glad he's gone anyway. Uh, look, uh, we're going to talk all about this and I'm super excited to, uh, to go, you know, obviously being a buff fan, this is, this is one I, I I'm really, really excited to talk about. But uh, before we get to all that, I want to tell you that the Colorado Buffalo's 2023 season preview episodes brought to you by bird dogs. Yes. Bird dogs make you look good. What did Dion say? You look good, you play good, they pay good, right? Well, uh, bird dogs is essentially the same thing, all right? Uh, they're stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. You're going to look like Swayze and Roadhouse. You put these things on, all right? Uh, they fit way better than regular shorts, and they, uh, you know, regular shorts are, are made of stiff, restricting cotton. You know, Bird Dog fixed that issue a while back by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to, you know, 
sacrifice, sacrifice all that movement. All right. Bird dog also uses this anti stink sweat wicking fabric. Once again, anti stink sweat wicking fabric before, you know, especially talking to you college kids out there. I, I was once that. And uh, look, you know, you go into some keggers, you're doing whatever. And next thing you know, you're waking up without showering and you're supposed to be at a party. You're supposed to, Oh, I told that girl I'd take her to go see the, uh, the, the noon showing of uh, transformers or fast and the fury, whatever the fuck it is. Right. And, and, and uh, you know, you're going to that, that noon showing so you could save a few bucks by not, not having it the, you know, getting that early, that early bird special essentially. Well, you don't want to go there smelling like, uh, you know, like New Jersey. And uh, so what you do is you, uh, you just, you know, you get some anti stink sweat waking fabric, which is only provided by bird dog shorts. And it'll keep you cool, dry all day long. And you'll be smelling like a respectable human being. So what are you doing folks? Go to birddogs.com slash pool, enter that promo code pool. That's P O O L for a free Yeti style tumbler. They're going to give you a tumbler with your order. Uh, once again, that's birddogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We can promise you that. All right. We are back on the college football experience. So traditionally, if you listen to our other previews, once again, I break down all 133 college football teams. Uh, it's 133 this year, but I've been doing this shit for, for over five years, but this year's the most ever. Cause it's, uh, there's two new teams. Um, uh, normally I just do a segment where who's departing and who's incoming from the transfer portal. Um, but since Colorado basically, <laughs> basically got a whole new roster, uh, Let's skip that uh, because I'm just going to go position by position who left, who's incoming and perhaps what we can expect from that position. I think that's the best way to do this one, but I'm at a practice and shout out to my guy, Colorado play by play guy, Mark Johnson, who's been on the show a bunch of times. Maybe as the season gets closer, we'll have him back and do a 2.0 episode. Uh, but I know him and, and Gary Barnett is co-host, former, former boss coach, super excited for the season. Uh, all right. At quarterback. And I, and uh, you know, I should also say that uh, I'll probably, I guess we'll just go position by position. I'll ask your take on the position. Cause I think we got better at almost every position. Let's, 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 let's build this case right now. Uh, quarterback. We lost Brendan Lewis who started a few games. He's at Nevada with the Wolfpack. Now JT shroud is at Arkansas state. Owen McCown, uh, which I actually thought was the best out of all of them is at UTSA now. Uh, Maddox cop is at Miami, Ohio and drew Carter is in the portal incoming is Shador Sanders from Jackson state, uh, which I think is a huge upgrade from anyone else. Would, would you agree with that assessment? <laughs> it's uh, it's hard not to, you know, 40 touchdowns, well over 7,000 yards at Jackson state over the last two years. It's, it's pretty tough to argue with that, that he would not have started anyways, regardless of what happened with our quarterback pool before this. Here's the only thing that makes me a little paranoid. A Colorado always schedules absolutely batshit crazy, right? Uh, since the nineties, it has been a batshit crazy schedule that I, every year. So even last year where I think we were bad, we might not been as bad as other teams, but the fact that we played 11 power fives and the 12th team was a 10 win air force team. I, I think regardless that scares me though. Cause the same situation happens. We're playing 11 power fives and then Colorado state. That's not an FCS school. It's a mountain West school. Now they're not great, but they're a rival. Sometimes you got to throw rivalry 
uh, throw the records out the books when you're playing the rivalry game. So what I'm concerned about is the depth. If if Shador Sanders was to get dinged up, I wish we had, and I'm wonder. You know, the portal opens up back in August before the season starts. I'm wondering um, if if we potentially have, you know, we go out and get someone that might be wanting to be the backup to Shador and tell him, Hey, in two years, it's yours. I don't know. That would be the one concern, but from a talent perspective, I think we're way better. Would you agree? hundred percent. If, like you said, if he does get dinged up, I think the transfer portal is probably the best option to go before the season kicks off. Just honestly, as an emergency guy, um, the quarterback room is pretty shallow this season. So it would be nice to have somebody to step in. They do play a pretty tough schedule, especially front loaded. Uh, the out of conference schedule is no joke right up front. So you hope nothing happens early on, but God forbid, if it does, we need to have some sort of option to go to. I'm almost hoping drew Carter pulls back. He hasn't landed on a team yet. And he, I know he played in the spring game. So I'm hoping he kind of somebody go by that guy. Something. All right. Um, uh, running back position. This one, uh, we lose Dion Smith. He's now at BYU. Victor Venn's also in the portal, but uh, this is one I'm, I'm excited about because you know at first we brought in Cavassier Smoke from from Kentucky, uh, and we we also bring back uh, what Charlie Alfredall, uh, who who was a freshman last year that played pretty well, and uh, and and Hankerson who who was all right, but. Cavassier uh, smoke comes in from the Kentucky Wildcats. This guy started some games when Chris Rodriguez had, I feel like his third DUI. Um, but then we, the, we brought in Alton McCaskill from the Houston Cougars, who was a all first team AAC guy. I remember, you know, NC Nick who's not here. My, uh, my co-host and, and my brother was texting me, man, this guy McCaskill for Houston's a baller last year. So I was delighted to see we landed him, and then uh, Savion Wilkerson just recently coming over from Jackson State, who was a running back there. So overall, I love the depth here, and I love like we have to me like, I mean, look at last season, Alfred all started games. You know what I mean? So if he's like fourth or fifth on the depth chart now, I am thrilled that that the running back room has this much talent. How about yourself? Yeah, I think McCaskill is going to be a great addition. Um, you hope he can bounce back with the the same intensity that he had in 21, but the torn ACL last year kind of scares you a little bit, especially with running backs, but the, the room is good. And they brought in um freshman coming in Dylan Edwards. He should be able to get some work right away. So they definitely have depth there, which is great for, especially as running back. So if McCaskill comes along and maybe he doesn't have it the first couple of games, you've got more than enough talent to pick up the slack there until you can really get him in a rhythm. And Edwards is a burner. This is a guy that flip, we flipped him from Notre Dame to Colorado last second. And uh, I think, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how much he gets on the field too. Cause he, he can, he's got he, he kind of Darren Sproles ish, you know, he's got some speed. Um, yeah, but this is still an upgrade. Like, so to me, the big, the big red flag is depth quarterback depth but I think we're much better at quarterback. We're much better at running back. And then we get to the wideout position uh, where we lost, you know, Montana Lomonious Craig who had that big spring game and, and the game winner against the California golden bears last year for the one win that we had, he went to Arizona. So we're going to see him in, in division, but um, or in conference now also lost Jordan Tyson to Arizona state chase Howell to East Carolina chase Penry to Boise state grant page to Utah state and Ty Robinson to ball state. I'm not that concerned with the Lamonius Craig thing. Like I'm wishing the best, but uh, I, I kind of love what we brought in here. So 
Travis Hunter A is going to be playing both sides of the ball. Deanne's made that well known. Whether it's the Clat interview he just did recently, or uh, some of the other one uh, press things he's done this this you know past couple months, he's stated that. And uh, I think Hunter is going to be a stud at wide receiver. But then what you what you also brought in, uh, you brought in Willie Gaines, who also comes over from Jackson State. Uh, Tarvarish Dawson from Auburn, who I believe will be a reserve. Xavier Weaver from South Florida, who I think could play. And then this one from South Florida, Jimmy Horn Jr. I know they're thrilled. They're super excited about him. I've been reading all the reports. Uh, and he 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 was a pretty good player at South Florida, too. So and then J- uh Jalen Ellis from Baylor also comes over. And then uh Javon Antonio from Northwestern State. This is a kid that watch out because his size. He was really good in the FCS. We just got him, you know, in the past couple, uh, I feel like month. And uh, this guy's flashed some from, from reports that I've heard is that like his height, his athleticism could really be an X factor coming into this season. I think we're way better, way more athletic at the wide receiver at the wide opposition than we were a year ago. You, I think that's it. I mean, Jimmy horn off the line. He's super quick. He's going to be a really good deep threat. You've got guys with size. Weaver has obviously shown that he's the dude there for the last handful of years. So you're definitely stacking up skill, skill positions. And I, I mean, I really think the offense is going to be high powered. I'd like to highlight on the offense too. They brought in obviously Dion, but they brought in Sean Lewis from Kent state. And I think these guys are just right up his alley for the kind of offense that he's going to want to run. He's going to want to run that fast paced offense, try and get down the field quickly, throw a lot of deep balls. And I think these are the guys to do it with. Oh, 100%. I mean, Sean Lewis had a 10 win season at Syracuse. And when he left, you saw how bad they were the opposing year. I believe that this offense is going to fly with Sean Lewis. I think, you know, this is a head coach from Kent state who was very good at Kent state. Um, He takes the OC job. That was part of the thing to me. Like, I know we got Deion Sanders, but I was, you know, I feel like the stereotype of like, yeah, former players dominating the swack with, you know, with FBS players. How good of a coach is he? Fair, but I I mean, he still was dominating. But when I saw him also bring in Sean Lewis, he brought even some of the position coaches, uh, what's his name? Charles Kelly, the DC. I I I was like, okay, he means business and he knows what he's doing because he's gonna let them drive the cat. You know, he's gonna they can drive the offense and the defense, and he'll just kind of be the CEO. Um so I, I'm super excited for that. Now I will say this: tight end is a position I'm a little weary of. Tight end, you know, we had Brady Russell a year ago. He's gone. Um, we looked like we were getting the kid from Arkansas State, uh, Treorhe, and the, he didn't work out. So I'm seeing Lu- Luis Passarello, a sophomore that should be starting. Now we do have Christian Fourier, former Colorado Buffalo, uh, you know, played for the New England Patriots uh, and, and Seattle Seahawks, if memory serves me correct. His son is on this roster at Caleb Fourier. Perhaps, you know, that's a, an area that I'm concerned about. But in Sean Lewis's system, I don't know how much that's needed. But that would be one red flag for me. Uh, how, do, what do you think of the tight end position? That's exactly what I was going to say. I think in most packages, you're not really going to need it. So obviously it'll be nice to have in, you know, when you're on the goal line and running packages, but I think the style of offense that this team is going to play, it's not a huge need. So even if it is a red flag right now, it may not become week four or five when we don't even use them that much. Yeah. And, and folks, Sean Lewis plays fast. 
super, super fast. Now here's why I think this is a match made in heaven. Boulder, Colorado is the third highest altitude in, in college FBS college football, only air force and Wyoming are at a higher altitude. That means when you play in Boulder, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Cause they're going to be going fast. Uh, the offensive line, we returned center van Wells, who was a sophomore. This guy started a, a decent amount of, of games. I think he played 11 games, I think as a freshman. Uh, then, uh, you know, the, obviously the portal was huge here too. I will key in on that, but they also bring back uh, Gerard Christian Licken, Lickenhan, I believe it is, uh, who, who is a junior that uh, played in 12 games last season. So two guys essentially returning on the offensive line, but then, uh, then they were active in the portal. So let me key in on this right here. Uh, Jack Wiley's gone. He goes to UCLA. That's obviously not what you want to do is strengthen people in your conference. But the big one was Casey Roddick. We lost him. He went to Florida state. He's projected starter at Florida state. That was a huge loss. Um, besides that, Alex Harkey went to Texas state. Jackson Anderson went to UTSA. Austin Johnson went to Charlotte and Noah Fenske went to Southern Illinois as a Saluki uh, incoming though. We have David Connor coming from the Florida Gators, Reggie young from the flaming libs, AKA Liberty uh, Jack Bailey with Kent state. Uh, remember Sean Lewis was at Kent state as a head coach last year. Uh, Tyler Brown from Jackson state, Landon Beebe from Missouri state and Bobby Petrino. Uh, and then Savion Washington from Kent State, who I know they're super excited about. He was highly sought after. So going out and getting two of Sean Lewis's starters from a year ago. Remember, this is a team that you know played Georgia really tough early on. Like this is a team that played an insane schedule. Played uh, Kent State last year three weeks in a row, I think, or three out of four weeks. They played at Oklahoma, at Georgia, and at Washington. Right? Unbelievable. Right? But I I, I actually think the offensive line is going to be. It could be a strength of ours. I think the offensive line is way better than it was a year ago. How about yourself? I think so too. I've I've seen a lot of takes that they actually think that that's going to be the weak point of the team. But when you bring in two guys with your OC that were just being head coached by them, and you bring in a kid from uh, Jackson State and Tyler Brown, who is a monster. I don't know if you've seen that guy play yeah. at all. Yeah, dude will move mountains this year. He's he'll push anybody over. So I actually think it's going to be good, especially with the running backs you're bringing in. That's going to be a huge piece protecting. Uh, protecting Sanders all year. I don't necessarily know that it'll be a huge strength, but I definitely think it's an upgrade from last year to a pretty good degree. Well, I'll say this, the depth is concerning, but to me, like when I look at the starting lineup, I say, Hey, this could be, this could be pretty solid, but oh, yeah. yeah, if, if we get dinged up, then I'm concerned. Uh, but I mean, I think getting, getting the, the two kids that Lewis is familiar with, uh, and then going out and, and getting BB was, it was, it was sought after. I know he's in the FCS, but hell, a lot of great FCS players are sought after every year. Uh, look at Jared verse from uh, Florida state he comes over from Albany. And he's like one of the best defensive ends in America last year. So uh, keep an eye out on that. The defensive side of the ball is I alluded to Charles Kelly, the DC, he comes over from Alabama where he's with Nick Saban. Previously was at Florida State back in the day. I think Dion's had a had a connection with him uh, since the Florida State days. On the defensive side of the ball, uh, defensive line. This is one that I think you know. If you watch the spring game, which you know they looked awful on the defensive line, but that's why they went out and got all of these players. I feel like majority of these defensive linemen have came after spring or didn't play in the spring game. Uh, so a they lost these guys. Alvin Williams hasn't landed in a home yet. 
Taylor Upshaw is with the Arizona Wildcats. Jalen Sami, this guy's a beast. This was our best defensive lineman a year ago. He is at Michigan State. Great get for the Spartans. Aaron Austin, he has not found a home yet. Devin Grant, Incarnate Word. Uh, Alan Ball hasn't found a home. Naeem Rodman goes to Washington State. Tyus Martin goes to Jackson State. So you know what, Dion's coming here. Fuck it, I'm going there. All right. Uh, Ryan Williams, also uh, Western Kentucky. So those guys are gone. They go out and get these guys. Buckle up. This is a big one here. Uh, first off, Shane Coax from dot from Dartmouth, fucking Dartmouth. Uh, this guy, this guy's apparently been stealing the show. As far as I, from what I understand, he, Dion had the players earn their jersey numbers, and he was one of the first. So keep an eye out on Shane Coax. I know he's a projected starter. Um, coming, over, who knew Dartmouth was uh, just pumping out pros left to, or pumping out starting, uh, you know, P five defensive linemen. Um, then uh, Taj Austin comes over from West Virginia. This guy started uh, he started two years ago. The whole season, I believe, at West Virginia last year, he started I think half the season. So that's a nice get. Leonard Payne comes in from uh, Fresno State. This is one that I know they're high about. Uh, so hopefully that works out. He did not play in spring either. Uh, Jordan Dominic, who was at Arkansas last year and was pretty successful in the SEC. Previously, he was at Georgia Tech when he had a really good year with the Yellow Jackets. That is one of the most important ones I think we got all on in the portal in general. Uh, Derek McClendon comes, uh, the Derek McClendon the second comes in from Florida State. Uh, Devon Harris comes in from Old Dominion. Chaz Wallace, also Old Dominion. Savelle Smalls, former five star recruit from the Washington Huskies. Amari McNeil from Tennessee. Bishop Thomas from Florida State. Jabron. Hawkins from Ole Miss, Arden Walker from Missouri, Kari Mans from the Maine Black Bears in the FCS. So I think <laughs> this is where it gets hard. Uh, I think if I had to guess, just because I heard that Coax, Shane Coax, the Dartmouth transfer, was playing unbelievably well. I heard Leonard Payne was playing very well, but we didn't see them in spring. <laughs> I think Cokes might apply. I can't even remember Cokes played, but Payne didn't. Uh, Derek McClendon, we just got from Florida State. I'm hearing speculation that he could start. Uh, I have no idea who's really starting in these positions. This is the hardest part about forecasting this team, and I feel like every publication is just talking out of their ass, including perhaps this one. Um, uh, what do you make of the deal? It's definitely better. It's definitely better than it was a year ago, and that's another thing. Is uh, we had uh, Chance Maine, who was a defensive lineman that was key, hit the portal from a year ago, and he, then he, then he came back to the buff. So that was a big reget by Dion. But what do you make of the defensive line? I think a lot of it is speculative. I've actually seen a lot about Smalls and McClendon being the starters on the edge, and then being like the centerpieces building around Payne. So that's just what I've seen. But I. Honestly, I think it's really anybody's spot right now. I don't, yeah, I don't even think yeah. Dion knows at this point who's it going to be. So I think it's going to be a solid rotation. They definitely have enough guys to fill in and rotate, which is, I think is a really good thing given how miserably bad this defense was last year. And that's going to be really important for them to actually have the rotations, especially with how this offense is going to run with how quick it's going to be, you know, on a good day and a bad day, the defense might spend 35, 40 minutes on the field. So you got to have good rotational guys to be working in consistently. I mean, this is the biggest question mark on the whole team to me because yeah, you're bringing in all these guys from big time schools and then a couple like perhaps FCS gems from Maine and, uh, and Dartmouth. But 
I have no idea. I know that spring game, which when you go watch the spring game, no one, barely anyone who played in the spring games on the roster, it's hard to, but that D line looked horrible, but you're just sitting there like, well, if no, none of these guys are on the team, what, the what, group, what am yeah. I deducing from this? You know what I mean? What one guy played that I don't know. Um, I, 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 this is the biggest unknown to me. This is the biggest unknown to me. I, I think getting that much depth in the portal, I think we're a more talented team. I can tell you that the defensive line I think is more talented, but it's still a big red flag. It's a big question mark for me. I think the biggest on the whole roster personally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty spot on. I, I just think nobody knows who's going to be where and what the rotations are going to look like. So it's hard to even say what it's going to look like come week one. Yeah. And then the linebacker position. Now I'm excited for Colorado to get back where they should be. This used to be linebacker. You or one of the better linebacker universities. You can go back to the days of Chad Brown, Ted Johnson, Greg Beekert, Jay, Sean Sykes, uh, Matt Russell. You just got on and on and on. How many great linebackers, Greg Jones all came out of here and played and played in the national football league. Um, they I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back to where that, where we should be here because we had about 20 years of players getting drafted. Um, but this is another one where you go, okay, this is all portal related here. <laughs> so uh, I think I'm pretty sure I have this, I have this figured out. All right. We return uh, Jacquez Robinson, right? I think that is, that is one guy that's going to play here, but we lose uh, Aubrey Smith, to Houston and three other guys in the portal at the linebacker. They haven't found a home. Shaquan Bowser, Mr. Williams and uh, Zion. Miguel, but we go out and get Demoy Kennedy from the Alabama Crimson Tide, where he's familiar with Charles Kelly. He was in his, de- you know, defense. Uh, you know, Charles Kelly was defensive coach with Alabama, so familiar with that system. Uh, Jeremiah Brown comes over from Jackson State, once again familiar, uh, you know, with Deion Sanders and what what they want to do, somewhat. And then Vonta Bentley comes in from the Clemson Tigers, which you know, say what you want about Clemson last year, the defense wasn't a problem. The defense was actually really good. So I think we got. Jacquez Robinson, or maybe you can talk me into Jeremiah Brown playing, or maybe we'll see for shit. For all I know, Savelle smalls might, might end up playing some, some linebacker coming off the edge. Um, but Levante Bentley and Demoy Kennedy are starting. <laughs> There's no way these guys are not starting in my opinion. So I think we have that figured out. Would you agree? <laughs> I would definitely agree with those two. And then you still got some fill-ins. You still got Brendan Gant from Florida state. So there's definitely some guy and Robinson. I mean, those guys can fill in, but from what I've seen, it's, it's these two guys are going to step up and they're going to be the dudes on the defense. Those are, those are your guys in the middle of the field. They're getting back to that hard hitting linebacker position. I think those are the two guys to kick it off. There we go. And then obviously defensive back, uh, just, this is where um, obviously five-star freshman Cormani McLean is, is, going to be in the mix as well. So when I'm talking about the, uh, the portal, and I even heard speculation that Cormani could play both sides of the ball. Um, we'll see, but uh, they lost a shit ton of players, basically their whole secondary. Uh, the, the big one was Nico Reed. He was a guy that, that, that showed the flash last year. He's now with the Oregon ducks. They also lose though. Keyshawn mills to SMU, Joshua Wiggins to Liberty, Simeon Harris to Utah state, Dylan Dixon to Missouri state, Tyron Taylor to Memphis. Okay, Salavale to Hawaii, Xavier Smith to Austin P, Tavion Beasley to San Diego State, and there's a few other ones: Jordan Wolverton, Nigel Bethel, 
Jason Oliver, Jeremy Mack, they haven't found homes yet that perhaps will very soon. Uh, but the incoming class, very impressive. I think here, when you consider obviously Carmani McLean, this is, this is the area that I think, you know, we're really, really probably going to be the most sound at um, Travis Hunter. So when you have potentially Carmani McLean and Travis Hunter, two five-star recruits, uh, the second recruit in the nation and the first recruit in the nation, depending on what publication you look at from the previous years. Um, so those two pretty damn good. And then you have miles slusher safety from Arkansas started a lot. Of, started a lot of a few games at Arkansas. I know he got in trouble at one point with the law, but you also have Shiloh Sanders, the son of Deion Sanders, also a safety from Jackson state coming over. Also Cameron uh, Silman coming over from Jackson state at the safety spot. Uh, Kendrick Breedlove, a corner from Ole Miss. Roderick Ward, a safety from Southern Utah with the Thunderbirds. Vito Tisdale, a safety from the Kentucky Wildcats. Brendan Gant, a safety from Florida State. Jacquez Robinson, a corner from Alabama. Uh, Omarion Cooper, also uh, coming in from Florida State, and Travis J, also coming in from Florida State at the safety spot. That's a lot of that's a lot of t- big time schools there, but I would imagine that Cormani McLean is probably going to start. I know we didn't see once again in, in, in spring ball, you, you, you're not going to be able to see, he wasn't even in, enrolled. So, but I would imagine maybe your pitch to Carmani McLean when you recruit that fast and, and to s- steal him away from Miami was, Hey, come play here. You're going to start day one. That would maybe be, I mean, actually Dion probably said you probably got to earn it, but you could start here day one with your talent. Either way, I feel very good about the defensive backfield. I feel like, and we also bring back Trevor Woods from a season ago. So uh, I feel pretty, pretty solid about the defensive backfield. How about you? It's an extremely deep and talented room, which I think is huge for this defense. It's going to be a big step up because it's going to have to compete with a lot of high powered offenses, teams that want to go down the field and we're going to have to protect that. And I think bringing in those guys, I mean, I've heard great things about Travis Hunter on the offensive side of the ball, but they say he's otherworldly defensively. So you're going to see him in there. Uh, obviously you got Shiloh Sanders in at safety, but I just think you, you have enough personnel to match up a lot of different ways, depending on who they play in conference. So I'm really excited about the the defensive backfield. I think it's a great room. I think it's really deep and athletic and it sh- it should be the most sound unit on the defense all season long. Well, you know what I love about that too. Now run defense. Okay, we got to figure that out. But pass defense, if you're if your defensive backfield is that good, that improves your defensive line. Now, obviously, defensive line still the run defense, linebackers, D line. That's important. But uh, you're right. The Pac-12. Ta- when I look at the Pac-12, you have Lincoln Riley doing the air raid stuff at USC. Uh, Washington State runs air raid stuff. Um, Jaden Delora in Arizona, they don't run the air raid stuff, but they pass the hell out of the football. Um, you know, so you bounce around Oregon passed the hell out of the, the football a lot last year too. So you have a lot of, there's a decent amount of, of heavy pass Michael Penix and Washington passed the hell out of the football as well. So uh, I know you have some bangers still in Oregon state and UCLA. And what's crazy is chip Kelly's turned UCLA into like a run, a run team. But uh, I still think uh, that bids well for the, the defense that we're building taking on, uh, you know, all these other, other, all these other PAC 12 schools that should be pretty, pretty good this year. PAC 12 is actually loaded this year. So that that's an, another thing, but um, kicker, we lose Cole Becker. I think that was actually, that might be a big loss. I mean, I know we're bringing in Alejandro Mata from Jackson state and also Jay Feely's son, Jace Feely. So you got two kickers there. Jace Feely was at Arizona state last year. Uh, and uh, Mark Vassett, the punter from Louisville transferred in, but 
I, I, I do worry because Becker was pretty solid. I feel like it was a close game. That might be a big loss, but I don't know. I mean, it depends on who these kickers are. Um, overall, this team is way more talented than last year. Way more talented than last year, and I'm super excited for uh, we're gonna uh, for for the for the future essentially. Would would you agree? I mean, is is there one position where they got worse? I don't think so. The only thing could be if Shiloh, uh, not Shiloh Sanders, if Shador Sanders goes get gets dinged up. We got actually. I almost think by the time we kick the ball off in Fort Worth Week One, I say we. I'm part of the fucking team, people. Uh, <laughs> but um, I think they're gonna have another quarterback, like from the transfer portal, or or maybe they talk back Drew Carter, something, something. But uh, how about yourself? What do you what do you make for the whole roster? So much more talented than last year, right? There's not a single spot that got worse. And I mean, maybe if you want to make the argument on special teams, maybe, but yeah. you're kicking at altitude. So you even have that going for you. So at the very least, you know, if they've got some sort of clutch gene in there, we should be all right on that side. Actually, we, I, we, we probably will be worse on special teams just because we were giving up like 50 a game last year. So your special teams got a lot, a <laughs> lot of reps, a lot of reps returning that ball, but no, I'm joking. But uh, I think we're better at every position, man. I would hundred percent agree. I don't, I think every single spot is deeper and more talented outside of the quarterback spot, like you mentioned, but I think that there's going to be some sort of addition there before week one. Yeah. It's got to either that, or they bring back Carter. Perhaps they, what are you guys doing? Go. I don't know. Someone send drew Carter a prostitute. Do it. All right. Uh, I'm joking. Uh, look, before we get to go in game by game on the schedule, uh, I want to tell you that the Colorado Buffalo's 2023 college football preview is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Yes, Best Ball Mania is here. And Underdog Fantasy is giving away fifteen million dollars in prizes. Woo! Underdog Fantasy is also a great way to get down on uh, your favorite MLB and college baseball player props. So many ways to win, you know, over at Underdog Fantasy and active in so many different states. And when college football season comes around, they have awesome player props too. You don't see that a lot. I'm telling you, check that out. We'll, we'll be hyping it here because for the past couple of years we've been playing those things. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use that promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Once again, that's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. All right, we are back talking Colorado Buffaloes, and this is the way I feel right now. I'm just, I'm just excited, man. I'm just honestly, I mean, you grew up in Boulder. What I, I know right now, if you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience, subscribe, tell a friend also, wherever you get podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, all that shit, please give us five stars. But um, what would be a winning, like, I'm not saying a winning by win percentage, but a, a winning season for you, like this for, for year one of Deion Sanders. I think there's two ways you can look at it. I, I think a really, really successful season, meaning everything went right and nothing went wrong. They go six and six, clinch a bowl game, hop in there, and then whatever happens, happens. I think that's the best case. I think that's an incredibly winning season. I think the bare minimum at a win season would be just short of that at five and seven. And I think this team is more than capable of going five and seven. I think six and six is a really good shoot for year one. And then from there, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if in year two, they build out and, you know, pick up eight wins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's get to it. I mean, blindly 
<laughs> I mean, I already bought the ticket, guys. But let's let's do this. I did week, too. Week <laughs> one. Uh taking on the team that played in the national championship. Well, they showed up to the national. I don't know if they played. But uh the TCU Horn Frogs, Fort Worth, Texas, Amon G Carter Stadium. Big noon kickoff. You better believe I'm excited. And look, I mentioned this, I think, pre episode before we started talking. Uh, Colorado actually kind of kept it close with TCU in the first half last year. And if it wasn't for, a, I think, a punt return for a touchdown and a trick play, that was like anyone's game. I'm just saying, TCU lost a lot of production. A lot. Now, I know they brought in a bunch of guys from Bama uh, and some other solid schools, but. Call me crazy. I think we have a shot. I, I'll put it like this. Colorado is currently catching, I think 19 or 20 points. Go bet the fuck out of that. Take the points because TCU, even last year against all the schools, I feel like TCU beat every school by like three points last year. I mean, honestly go through and look at this. How many, what one score games We're looking at their schedule right now. Ready? One, two, three, uh, three, four, five. They were f- six and one in one score games, right? And if you go ten points, they were eight and one in ten sc- and, and and ten points or less. I mean, there's no way that's sustainable, especially without Max Duggan, Quentin Johnson, and all those other guys. I still think they they could be a good team this year, but there's no way that they're that dominant. I think Colorado's got. I, I I'll put it like this: Colorado's got a decent shot. I think to to go into Fort Worth and win this game. Now, take the points. Take the points. I know I'm a Colorado fan. I would not be shocked if they won this game. I think Sean Lewis' offense can stress out that defense some. Obviously, I would favor TCU, but I think it's a winnable game for Colorado. But I'm taking TCU. You? I've got it written down as a loss, but if they're catching 20 points, you better believe I'm taking the plus 20. I I think that game is going to be far more competitive than people think. Just looking at the schedule from a black and white standpoint, a hundred percent. Then week two, Matt rule who opens the season, by the way, at Minnesota on a Thursday night. So they get a little bit more time off than Colorado. They come to Folsom field to take on the buffs and I'm not taking Nebraska. There's no way I'm taking Nebraska. Dion's home opener. This game, uh, big noon kickoff again, by the way. <laughs> uh, this is on Fox, and this game's going to be fucking fantastic. This rivalry should be played on Black Friday, personally, if you ask me. But uh, Colorado's winning this game, and I think they're going to win it soundly. I know Jeff Sims is the quarterback now at Nebraska. The fans, there's going to be too much buzz. It's gonna be too much. Colorado's gonna win this one. 31-17. Let's go. What are you doing here? This is one that I am so excited for. I can't even explain. This was the rivalry when I was a kid. I was at the game for the Mason Crosby game winner. Circa, yes. I don't know, maybe 2010, maybe. Yes, I was yes. just a kid when that happened, but I was there for it. And I'm gonna be at this game. I'll be in person, boots on the ground, in Folsom for this game, and the buffs are winning. No questions asked. Hell yeah, man. They got this thing. They got this thing. And then this is the sneaky one because Jay Norvell, tough first season at Colorado State. This is a rivalry that hasn't happened in a few years. This is the Rocky Mountain Showdown, folks. I love this game too. I can remember the Bradley Van Pelt years where they they upset us or or Lawrence Vickers uh, you know, destroying a defensive uh linebacker or safety for Colorado State to get in the end zone. Uh man, 
I got us winning this one, but I am scared that if the the Nebraska win is so high that we could come out flat against Colorado State. But Colorado State still in a little bit of a rebuild of their own right. So I got I got Colorado winning this. You? I do as well. This is always a weird game. Just the the mile high rivalry is is always wacky. It's sometimes they catch us off guard. It's similar to that Air Force game that we pick up every couple of years. It's kind of a sneaky one, but I still got them winning that one this year. There we go. Two and one. Can you imagine the fucking buzz, especially if we win that, if we were to able to, to find a way to win TCU, that TCU game, it'll be through the roof. Then they head to Austin stadium. This place is absolutely bonkers and we are not winning this game. Uh, uh, Colorado loses to Oregon. This is, yep. I, I look, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong here, but th- I, I don't even know this one will be that close. Austin, this place is going to be bonkers. So you agree? I agree. I've got that one as a loss. So two and two, and then the USC Trojans come to town. Fuck you. We're winning this. <laughs> I'm not saying fuck you to you. I'm saying to the <laughs> world. You telling me USC is leaving for the for for the uh, the Big Ten? We got the corners. You want to throw the ball seventy times a game? I feel like we got the defense that can keep it close. The altitude. USC's defense was ass last year. What makes us think that like they're just gonna Sean Lewis should be able to to attack that weak defense? All right, I'll give it to USC, but I feel like we can win this game. I feel like we can win this game. And Pac-12 did them a favor, making them go to Boulder in September 30th. That should have been in November. Hey, Pac-12, they're the ones fucking you over. All right, if it was me, like if I'm the commissioner of the Pac-12, if I'm Klavikov. Whatever, however you pronounce his name, I, I'm scheduling. I'm giving them the toughest parts. I'm I'm making them go to Pullman in November. I'm making them go to Boulder or Salt Lake City in November. But hey, uh, what are you doing here? I got to give it to the Trojans, but this is a really weird game because of how bad USC's defense is. I mean, they played a handful of games that were 55 to 50. So I think you're you might be looking at a game pretty similar to that. Uh, I just, it's tough to pencil them in as a win. I, I'd like to see how the first couple of weeks go before I change my mind. I think now USC, but I think this is another game where you're taking the buffs with the points. Yes, I actually agree. I think we're going to get destroyed at Oregon. I actually love that factor of like you get yelled at all week because of the Oregon game. I think they give USC, I think it's, I think that one, I would not be shocked if they beat USC. Everyone wants to crown USC. I think the Pac 12 is too hard this year. Uh, then they travel to Sun Devil Stadium. This is to me a 50 50 game. If you listen to our Arizona state preview, um, both teams are kind of in the same spot. They brought in so many transfers. It's very hard to forecast which each team is. I feel like Colorado brought in better transfers, but Arizona state also had a more talented roster there. I feel like this is a 50 50 game. Um, Give me Colorado. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like this is, this is a really tough one for me, um, but give me the buffs to get it done. If they, if they lose to USC, they beat Arizona state. If they beat USC, they lose to Arizona state. How about that? Fair. You're, you're, joining, that. you're joining me here. You're going to, you're going to go uh, win in Tempe. Yeah. Let's go. I've got three, I've got three swing games on the schedule. That's one of them. I think they can come out with a win though. Remember the win total is three and a half. So right here would have them at three, right? And then they, they, on an ESPN nationally televised Friday night under the lights, Folsom field. We got the Stanford Cardinal coming to town. 
that's that's it. That's your over cashing right there. That winning this. There's no way Stanford's winning this game. All right. Not so kidding. yeah, this is this is this is it right there. Friday, you're cashing your ticket by October 13th, folks. Get on over there. I think you might even cash it earlier than that, but worst case scenario. Come on, let's go. Uh, you so you got the bus winning against Stanford too. They get a bye before they head to UCLA. I'll probably be at this game. Look, this game's interesting to me because I don't know who UCLA is this year. They could start the freshman five-star quarterback Dante Moore. They could also go with Sean Lewis's old quarterback Colin Schley. I don't know. Uh, it makes it tricky. I kind of expect a little bit of regression from UCLA because they lost DTR, they lost Charbonnet, but I still think they're a very good team. But I won't rule this one out of being winnable. It's just uh, I got to favor UCLA, but this is one when I look at the schedule, I can't say for sure that I'm like, Hey, uh, I think this is a game. I would not be shocked if Colorado won, but I'll go UCLA. You I've got UCLA, but a lot of it's them being on the road. I wouldn't be surprised if they get on a little streak before that game, if they go into LA and win that game, but I've got it as UCLA right now. All right. Then they get the Oregon state Beavers at home. I'm actually really high on Oregon state this year. I know this is homecoming. I got Oregon State winning this. You? I do as well, unfortunately. Then the Arizona Wildcats and Jed Fish and Jaden Delora come to town. This is a Colorado win, though. November 11th, you get these Arizona guys coming up to the cold weather. Let's go. You you there? Yep, I've got this as a win. Uh, I I think this is a a buffs game, if any. Then Friday night, Martin Stadium, Pullman, Washington. Man, nationally televised. Uh, this is going to be sneaky, but I'm giving us that fifth win. Fifth win right there. Washington State. It's front end of a back to back away. What are you doing here in, in, in Pullman? This is my other swing game, and I have it as a win because I like to be optimistic about the buffs. So I'm taking the win. And then back to back away, unfortunately, uh, at Rice Eccles, I don't see us winning this one. But that puts us at five and seven. And then, like I said, I think there's a shot we can upset TCU, USC, or UCLA. Six and six is what I see. Six and six. Laugh at me all you fucking want, folks. I know the win total is three and a half. Hammer the over. Final, f- final record for you. I think six and six is, is the bar. I think that should be what people expect. I think that's what they'll be. I think absolute worst. Honestly, I think five and seven is the absolute worst. I don't see them being any worse than that. Well, if uh, if I say absolute worst, it's Shador Sanders gets injured and we win three games. But (laughs) but uh, yeah, I feel like I feel like we should be good. I should hammer that over, folks. I know, I know. Everyone says a transfer portal team. Don't worry about that shit. The talent level is way better this year than last year. Now the schedule is brutal. You get eleven power fives. In Colorado State, which is a rivalry game, but I still think, talent-wise, these fifty-fifty games, uh, you know, I actually, yeah, the road schedule's tough. To me, if we can just get one win on the road, you know, uh, the road schedule is a little tough. But uh, besides Washington State or or uh, Arizona State, if we could get one other win there, boom, you're you're making a bowl game, I think. So. I'm on the over. He's on the over. Look, before we get out of here though, we, I had the opportunity to, uh, to interview 
uh, Michael Barker, which if you're wondering who the hell that is, that is college football campus tour on Twitter, which you should be following and uh, at CFB campus tour. And, and look, he comes on to talk about his experiences at Folsom field. Uh, so here is that interview right now. And uh, yeah, Michael Barker joining us on the college football experience, Colorado Buffalo's 2023 season preview episode is college football campus tour. You, you probably know him as college football campus tour. I know him as Michael Barker. Look, Deion Sanders is now at Colorado. He says we coming. Michael, are you coming? As soon as possible. I'm actually going to their first road game at TCU. So we're going to catch the first game in the Deion Sanders era. There you go. See, I told you folks, you want to follow this guy. He goes like, he goes like five, six, seven games a week. Uh, look, Folsom field. This is one of the ones I have been to. I think it's one of the most beautiful stadiums we have in America. And I think it should be on a very short list where we could potentially play college football playoff games. But look, everyone says I'm the maniac. Uh, what do you make of this stadium Folsom field and uh, your experiences there? I'm with you. Uh, you know, first of all, it's uh, 99 years old, opened in 1924, had 26,000 seats when it opened today. It has double 50,000 uh, named after former coach Fred Folsom has the third highest elevation in FBS at 5360 feet, only behind Air Force in Wyoming. And if you get on the east side of the, the stadium, you get to the top of the bleachers, you're going to see incredible views of the foothill, uh, the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. And of course, one of the best traditions in college football is Ralphie's run, where Ralphie, giant buffaloes running out on the field before the game. So you got views, you got tradition, you got a beautiful scenery. It's a great place to catch a college football game. Yeah. How, how many times have you been there? So I've been there twice. And, and it's funny because both times I've gone there, I think they have a new Ralphie within the last year or two. But both times I went there, they said the field conditions were not appropriate for Ralphie to run. So they threw a, a saddle on the back of the human mascot chip and tried to run him across. And the crowd just booed like hell. And it was hilarious. But <laughs> uh, I went to two games at uh, Folsom. One was in 2017. It was a. Uh, Air Force at noon and uh, Colorado at 7 p.m. It was part of a doubleheader. And then the most recent game I went to was 2019. It was a Thursday night game against USC. And that was a battle. Uh, it was ferocious in the crowd, just everybody going back and forth. And uh, SC pulled it out with under two minutes to go. But as far as like intense Pac-12 football, which you may not think of because we you know, sometimes get lost in the shuffle here on the West Coast, that was a heated game, great game, and and uh, you know accentuated by the beautiful surroundings at Folsom. Yeah, man. When I went to a Colorado Washington game, and Washington Chris Peterson pulled it out late, um, but it was a great experience, great tradition. Had the marching band come through uh, the tunnel and everything. It was, it was just it was an awesome experience. If you if you're in the Colorado area, highly recommend checking out Folsom Field. I I think it's the most beautiful stadium. It you know I haven't been to all the stadiums in Colorado, but is one of the most beautiful in college football. I'll say that uh, just from even on television, I feel like it's all, it's, it reminds me of BYU's in a lot of, in a lot of ways. So uh, folks though, you got to check it out. Go check out Dion Sanders. He says, we coming. How about you folks? Make sure you give uh, little Michael Barker a follow here because I highly recommend. I, I just think you do great work, man. You, 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 Appreciate I didn't even know who you were. Our, like our friendship was built on me going, who the hell is this guy who's going to all these college football games and posting these awesome photos and really giving you background on, on these stadiums and these great 
great things of uh, you know in American history. So I think you said I think you said you're mysterious. I think that's what it was. So yeah, I'll, I'll roll with that. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> mystery solved. Okay, regular guy. Folks, give Michael Parker a follow on Twitter at CFB Campus Tour and get yourself out the Folsom Field. Uh, thanks again, Michael, and take care, man. Absolutely, you too. All right, Michael Barker coming in to talk about Folsom Field. Uh, I mean, Will, you got a chance to go to Folsom. I, I mean, a, a few times, right? Oh yeah, been there plenty of times. Yeah, isn't that such a beautiful stadium? I think it's one of the more beautiful stadiums we have in America. It's fantastic. If you have any opportunity to get out there for a game, there's no other place I can recommend more than there. Um, having the pleasure of been to Camp Randall and Folsom, I think I have to biasly say I like Folsom more, but they're both great. It's a it's a fantastic place to watch a game. I'm so excited to go see Nebraska again. The old rivalry kicking yes. back up this year. Yes, uh, and hopefully they put that on the schedule more because we need it, baby. And yeah, folks, uh, make sure you give Will a follow at Overdue Sports on Twitter. Uh, explain to the the, the fans out there uh, what is Overdue Sports. Overdue Sports is just your one stop shop for sports content. We got daily picks in every single sport. We update our records daily. We got everything going on. We got blogs. We're kicking up a podcast pretty soon, so stay tuned for that. Give us a follow and uh, let us know what you think. Hey, look at that. Will says overdue sports. We coming, baby. Let's go check them out folks. All right. And uh, look, I agree. I've been to a lot of college football stadiums and I have Folsom uh, among, among the tops. So uh, check that out folks. If you, if you are in the Colorado area, even if you're not, if you're just a stadium junkie trying to go to the best stadiums, highly recommend a trip to Boulder, Colorado and, and Folsom field folks. Uh, this is our show. I'm on the over wills on the over. Uh, subscribe to the college football experience. Once again, we're on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience. Uh, but our podcast platform, the college football experience, obviously breaking down 133 teams. I also host the FCS college football experience. I also host the college basketball experience. I'm excited about the Colorado Buffaloes team this year. Each night of the college basketball season, I will be live talking about every single night of hoops. Yes. Yes. That's every night folks. Uh, so check out that and also check out the college baseball experiences that season's rolling along the road to Omaha, Omaha. It's, it's already happening. TCU knocked off. Uh, what? I don't know. Yeah. You, this is uh this is going to be, you're going to be listening to this all summer. So I don't want to, don't want to tell you who, who's, who's going to be winning the, uh, the college baseball world series, but I got a hunch on who it could be hit me up at the Colby D uh, on Twitter. And like I said, wills on Twitter at overdue sports, the college football experience is on Twitter at TCE on SGPN. And I cannot wait for Fort worth week one against TCU. I'm so excited. Let's go Colorado football back to where it should be. Come on, Dion. We coming. let's go. This is the college football experience, Colorado Buffalo style. You better start thinking about yours and we out of here.